May God be gracious to us and bless us and make God's face to shine upon us, that your way may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God. Our God has blessed us. Glory to you, O God. On Easter, you won victory over death, raising Jesus from the grave, and giving us eternal life. Glory to you, O Christ. For us and for our salvation, you overcame death and opened the gate to everlasting life. Glory to you, O Holy Spirit, you lead us into the truth. Glory to you, O Blessed Trinity, now and forever. service of worship of the First Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. I am the Reverend Megan LeCluse, and with Stella Sai and Anderson and our musicians, we are delighted to welcome you. The Reverend Dr. Baron Mullis would far rather be here with us this morning instead of where he is. He had a little fall Wednesday night, broke a couple toes, and had some surgery, so he is at home with his foot elevated and hopefully ice. And we are here with you this morning, um, but hopefully he will be back with us soon. He is recovering well so far. Because of that, though, you will notice the new members class is being rescheduled. So if you are interested in that or signed up for that, um, pay attention on that, and you can contact the church for more info. Also, we will have our final choral evensong in, for, over the summer on Sunday, June 5th, and then there will be a summer hiatus. 
After the service, we hope you will join us for a time of fellowship at our coffee hour through these doors and down the hall into Old Buttonwood Hall. And now let us continue our service of worship with our prayer of confession. Try as we might, we stop sinning. We fail more often than we succeed. But God's grace never fails, and God never stops us giving another, us another chance to try. Let us now try again as we confess our sins together in prayer. Holy God, your ways are not our ways, and your thoughts are not our thoughts. For you stumble, you bite, looking You know the ark of redemption already. In life troubles many, we are bruised by circumstances. We know that the depths of divine love reaches us, that we can only slightly comprehend. When our questions overwhelm our ability to remember your promises, you hold us even closer, more ready to forgive than we are to ask. So we offer you as much as ourselves we can be shared, knowing that fullness of us all is already known to you. Christ says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. There is peace in God's forgiveness. Know that you are forgiven, know that you are loved, and be at peace. Amen. Believe the promise of the gospel. Jesus Christ, love. The first lesson today is from Revelation, chapter 21, verses 10 and 22 through 26. And in spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamb is the lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into the glory and honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
So our second lesson today is from Acts, and it is chapter 16, verses 9 through 15, and involves the conversion of Lydia. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia, pleading with him and saying, Come to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We therefore set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was in the, from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Before I read the gospel lesson for today, I want to point out for something, or something for those of you who might be following along in your pew Bibles, something that confused me, so I wanted to point it out to you. You may notice that it skips from verse 3 to verse 5 with a little footnote, a footnote that I initially missed, and then spent time thinking, isn't this the passage where an angel comes and stirs up the water? Maybe it's in one of the other gospels. If not, it is this passage, but that verse is included in some ancient manuscripts and not in others, so they have removed it to a footnote. But I am going to include it, so if you're following along, there will be an additional verse between verses 3 and 5. Our reading is from John's Gospel in the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, called in Hebrew Bethsatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many ill, blind, lame, and paralyzed people, waiting for the stirring of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down from time to time into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well from whatever disease that person had. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The ill man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up. Take your mat and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. is not the right one. 
So can we sing the hymn while I go get my sermon? <laughs> so we will sing the hymn that was supposed to be following the sermon, and I will go get my sermon. <laughs> of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. As a young adult, I had a friend who struggled with de both depression as well as an eating disorder, and had since her early teenage years. She had been doing well when we first met, but then one fall she started spiraling and around the same time developed severe gastrointestinal pain. Since we were away from home, she asked if I or one of our other friends would accompany her to some doctor's appointments. And I think we each went at least once. But then she asked us to not tell the doctor that she had an eating disorder. I knew enough to know that the effects of an eating disorder can permanently damage your body. And so it seemed like if the doctor was trying to diagnose a GI issue without this information, he probably would be lack the ability to diagnose her correctly or treat whatever needed to be treated. I was aware that mental health was part of the issue that was going on, and I also wanted to be a supportive friend. But I didn't want to be a part of her going to the doctor without the intention of truly figuring out what was going on and allowing herself to get better. And I struggled with what to do. And so I went to talk to our pastor, who was both of our pastor, 
and who had been a nurse before she went into ministry, trying to figure out how do I be a friend in these circumstances. I don't remember if she pointed me to this specific passage or not, or just the question that Jesus posed to the man. But I remember her saying that we are all asked, do you want to be made well? And that until the answer is yes, we can't truly be made well. We both knew that in this case, the demons of mental health and depression had sunk their teeth into my friend. And they make it so much harder to answer that question with a yes. And even then, it's an uphill battle. This answer gave me a framework to think about the situation, though. And since then, so, so many other situations. Over time, and often in situations not only involving our physical health, but more our well-being broadly, as well as our potential, I have realized how often our fear of change keeps us from saying yes to Jesus's question. I can definitely think of situations in my life, I imagine you can too, some quite recent or even ongoing, where I'm not sure if it feels scarier to not change and let things just remain how they are, even if they're not always perfect, or to allow for the possibility of change, which would probably be good change and potentially open new doors, but would also be unknowing, which can be frightening. Do we want to be made well? Or asked more completely, do we want to be made whole? That is the question that Jesus asks our nameless man in our scripture passage today. The question Jesus asks isn't just about getting better physically. It is about being restored to completeness. This man has been ill for 38 years, the scripture tells us. And you can tell that he is with a lot of society's rejects waiting around the pool. The ill, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. We aren't told exactly what his ailment is, but we know that he is slow to move, has no one to help him reach the water first, and has been trying for 38 years. While today we acknowledge that people who are differently able can lead full and fulfilling lives, that wasn't necessarily the case back then. At the time, he would possibly have been considered unclean, depending on what his condition was. And he definitely would have been considered to lack wholeness. He may not have been permitted to take part in some religious rituals, and that had been his story for probably most of his life. 38 years is longer than I've been alive. It is at least half the lifetime of many here this morning. It's a long time. Though interpreters have a lot to tell us about how this man felt, the gospel doesn't actually say. We don't know if he would have been hopeless, desperate, resigned, or somewhere in between, maybe dependent on the day. Interestingly, when Jesus asks him if he wants to be made well, he doesn't give a direct answer. He explains why he hasn't been made well yet. But his actions signify that he did. Because when Jesus tells him to stand up, take his mat, and walk, he does exactly that. That is huge. For 38 years, that has not been a possibility for this man. Not only does he believe this person who tells him to do this, which is remarkable, but he completely alters his behavior. He wants to be made whole. He wants to pick up his mat and walk. Who knows what it will look like once he starts down that road, as people begin to realize that he has been healed, but he is doing it. 
He may have been physically paralyzed for decades, but given this chance to radically change his life, he was not paralyzed by fear. Being made well, being made whole, will require change. And as I said earlier, change, even good change, can be terrifying. This is true in our individual lives and in so much more. It could be said about so many of the issues we as a nation face right now, including gun violence and the number of mass shootings that continues to go up and up, and racism, sexism, homophobia, xenophobia, climate change, even the sense of deep division in our country. If asked, do you want to be made well? There are unfortunately voices on all these issues, sometimes misled or scared individuals, sometimes powerful corporate voices that answer no. Moving towards a more just society, a society that looks more like God desires the world to look, would involve dramatic change, good change. But that unknowing can leave many people too afraid to move forward. The grace of God is that God continues to ask the question, continues to keep giving us the choice to make our world more whole. It is going to be a long and difficult journey, but one that as disciples of Jesus Christ, we should continue to pursue, helping to create wellness, wholeness, wherever we can. Jesus knew that the wholeness he is offering would have consequences, including for him. As the passage continues, we learn that he did this on the Sabbath. And it tells us that the Jews, likely referring to some leaders in the Jewish community, began to persecute him for doing this. He is seeking a wholeness for society, one in which well-being transcends the day of the week. But that kind of change is going to meet resistance. Which is part of why we need each other. One of the most tragic aspects of this story to me is when the man says that he has no one to help him get into the water. Even if we can answer Jesus' question with a yes, being made whole does not necessarily mean that life will be easy. We know that while we live in mortal bodies, physical, spiritual, and mental illness will remain part of our realities. And that perfect wholeness will only be in the life to come. We know that life will continue to throw things at us, and sometimes it will be all that we can do to get up in the morning. This is part of why community is so important too, to help one another through these times and support one another along the way, to help each other remember that in God, Wholeness is possible. But if we want to be made well, if we want to be whole, in whatever way that means for each of us, we have to allow that change to occur in our own lives. It is easy to get stuck in our ruts and patterns, to not want things to change, because at least we know what this current reality looks like even if it's imperfect. But not changing may prevent us from living into the fullness of who God created us to be, may keep us from an opportunity more wonderful than we could even imagine. It may prevent us from being made whole. The Greek word that is translated here as stand up can also mean awaken, or to rise up as in to start one's day. Jesus invites the man to awaken to a new reality. One commentator writes, Jesus' healing of the man reveals God's will for human wholeness. That is the truth, that God wants us to be made whole. While that is a beautiful and incredible reality, 
it doesn't automatically mean that we are ready to accept the invitation. Still, the invitation comes in different times and places. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? Are you ready to awaken to a new reality, to pick up your mat and walk into whatever it may bring? I hope with the help of one another, we can all get to the place where we can answer yes and move forward into the lives God envisions for us and into the world that God envisions for all. Amen. As we continue our endeavor to preserve a world that is whole, let us confess our faith. We believe in one God, Father, the Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one man, gives us his word, his peace, and his love. In response to all that we have been given through Christ, let us share our gifts joyfully and generously. And as there is in the bulletin, you're welcome to bring your, your offering forward. You drop it off, drop it off in the plates. Thank you.
ever-present God, in this season of Easter, we still marvel at what you have done through Jesus Christ. Even as Jesus prepares to depart the presence of the disciples, he makes arrangements for them and for us to be cared for, encouraged, and to be reminded of his love for us. We hear Jesus' words to us today, telling us not to let our hearts be troubled and not to be afraid. But even as these words fall from our lips, we still find ourselves troubled and afraid. We are troubled by the violence in so many places around the world, and by the ever-rising number of mass shootings in our own country. And this morning, we especially lift up the communities of Buffalo, New York, and the church community in Laguna Woods, California, and ask that you help all people to see that hatred and violence is never the way, and comfort all those whose lives have been ripped apart. We are, a troubled, we are troubled by the division in our own nation, and afraid that the torn fabric of our tapestry may never be mended. We are troubled by the ways, many ways, injustice makes its presence known in the world and afraid that it will try to stay permanently. We are troubled by the aches and pains of illness in our bodies, and afraid that we may never again feel like ourselves. We are troubled by grief that plants itself in our hearts, and afraid that even long after the loss, it will still be there growing larger. Holy Comforter, Amid all that troubles us and makes us afraid, remind us of your peace, a peace that surpasses all of our understanding, a peace that makes its home in the violence, division, injustice, illness, and grief of the world, so that one day peace will not need to be made any longer. It will just be. We will see the wholeness you created. We ask all these things in the name of the risen Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
as we go from this place, I invite you to reflect on if there is a place in your life where you desire God's fullness or desire the potential that God has for you. And if so, how do you allow God to start stirring those changes in your life without being afraid of where it may take you? And as we go, go with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, this day and always. Amen.